Academy, so she was used to standing out from the crowd. Challenges aside, we could have used Strom in the morning meeting. He had been the lead investigator on all of the current cases and had the best grasp of the overall situation. So my first meeting back at work consisted of hearing disjointed bits of cases and making assignments according to notes Strom had left. Fortunately, the open cases were all simple crimes. A drunken brawl between a group of friends in a pub and an assault outside a shopping center with a dozen witnesses watching. The previous week, Strom had completed the pre-trial investigation of a stabbing at a beach over the midsummer holiday, which had been the summer's most complicated case. My first few days at work were mostly taken up with paper-pushing and meetings, which were an exasperating common part of my new position. Strom came back to work on Wednesday and settled back into his old office, which he shared with Lotte. He didn't stop in to say hi, so when his file boxes were still darkening the corner of my office at one that afternoon, I marched over to talk to him. Strom looked pale. His skin, usually ruddy with acne scars, hung pallid from his face, and his snuff-brown hair was mussed. His aviator sunglasses concealed his eyes, and a cigarette smoldered in his hand. Howdy, Strom. Good to see you're feeling better. We should have a sit-down. There's a ton we need to review. What's your schedule like tomorrow? Who knows? Depends on whether someone gets killed tonight, Strom said. How about a long lunch tomorrow? At a real restaurant instead of the cafeteria, my treat, I said, trying to sound friendly. Strom shook his head. I have a meeting with the prosecutor on the beach stabbing case at 12. If you want a meeting, you'll have to wait until Friday afternoon. Would three o'clock work? Frigging Strom. He was doing this on purpose. He wanted to test whether I would still be willing to work crazy hours after having a baby. Just handling our most important business would take at least three hours, and Strum knew it. Yeah, that works, I said calmly. You're tied up with that frog case over in white collar, right? Yeah, goddamn mess. But I don't really want anything bigger right now. I'm ready for a break after having to babysit the boys and that slant-eyed chick all year. I've had to explain everything to her and Poopinen in single-syllable words. Don't you ever let me hear you call her slant-eyed again, I hissed, before I realized that Strum had been trying to get me to lose my cool on purpose. That had been easy for him, ever since we were in the academy together. Strum just snorted, stubbing out his cigarette and lighting another. Did you have anything else, or can I get back to work? He said, indicating his computer screen, which had already gone dark. I could have sworn he'd been playing Tetris before I came into his office. Friday at three in my office, I said pointedly, emphasizing my right to the boss's office and position. I wasn't going to let Strom smoke there anymore, even though I knew he would become increasingly difficult as the level of nicotine in his blood fell. By Friday, my stylish safari pants were dingy, so I decided to head to work in an old black sports coat and jeans. In the pocket of the pants, I felt something stiff. Ane Marivara's business card. I had completely forgotten my promise to call her about Hari. After my routine morning tasks, I pulled up the report on the investigation into Hari's death. It was short and to the point. As Koivu had said last October, it had been a simple slip-and-fall accident. Nothing had turned up in Hari's things at the scene of the accident or in his apartment to indicate suicide. I read the report through a couple of times, and when I ran into Koivu in the break room, I quizzed him about the case. It had been ten months since the investigation, 
so it took him a minute to snap too. But the name Rudesher kicked his memory into gear. Yeah, I got to take a ride in a real helicopter. It wasn't anything suspicious, though, just an accident. I even went to his apartment and didn't find a suicide note or anything. Did you look at his computer? I asked, remembering a case in which a kid who only ever spent time with his computer had left a suicide note open on the screen and then hung himself right there. The leg of his swinging corpse pulled the plug out of the wall, and no one thought to look for a message on the machine until someone bought it and found the note on the hard drive. It was an Olivetti laptop, and he had it with him on the island. We didn't go through every file since it was obviously an accident, and it seemed all it had were lists of birds and marine biology mumbo-jumbo. Why can't they call a seagull a seagull instead of using some crazy Latin name? Koivu asked. I patted him on the shoulder. And do you think it's less ridiculous calling someone...